Welcome to this series of Warriors Unite podcast with me, your host, Carla. Here I've created a platform for people with dysautonomias, chronic illness, and invisible illness, where we can all come together to advocate, educate, and of course, make awareness to all these conditions. I myself, 17 years ago, was diagnosed with a chronic illness called POTS, so I do know how important it is that we get all this information out. So I do hope you can come along and join in as us warriors unite. And welcome to this week's episode of Warriors Unite podcast with me, your host, Carolyn. Today's warrior is the lovely Holly. Hey, Holly, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, good. Are you enjoying the sunny weather? Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> hey, Holly, um, do you want to go and introduce yourself and let us all know about you being warrior? Yes, so my name is Holly. I'm 24 years old. I live in the north of England in a place called the Lake District. Um, and I have a few conditions. So I was diagnosed with osteogenesis imperfecta when I was six months old. Um, and that condition is basically, my bones are very fragile and brittle. Um, and it's obviously caused a lot of fractures, it's caused dislocations and all sorts of problems, you know. So I've had a lot of time spent in hospital and things. Um, the way I was diagnosed was my, because we didn't know I had it at all. We'd never even heard of the condition, my family. It's genetic but it started with me and my family if that makes sense wow. so um the way we found out was my granddad actually picked me up under my arms and he broke my ribs so obviously i started crying they took me to the hospital and it, we were quite fortunate it was quite um easy to diagnose once i was at the hospital i know a lot of people can have issues diagnosing it because people think that the child's been abused that's quite a common thing with my condition um thankfully we never had any of that they just kind of said yeah she has osteogenesis imperfecta and it was quite straightforward to diagnose so we're quite fortunate in that sense so i've i've always known having a disability um my disability has definitely worsened over time but it's it's always been a constant in my life mm -hmm. um i definitely feel like at times i've tried to deny it or tried to pretend it wasn't a thing just because you want to be normal whatever normal is you want to be that mm -hmm. um especially growing up um you know like in your teenagers and everything you just want to be like everyone else you don't want to admit that there's something different about you so i've definitely spent a lot of my life growing up just kind of shutting that part of myself out um and denying it really and that's something that's really changed as i've gotten older but um as well as the oi i also um had scoliosis i was diagnosed with that when i was quite young i was about maybe four or five mm -hmm. um and i got diagnosed in edinburgh i remember going it, for me it was a fun trip <laughs> but obviously it was quite a serious trip um you know because i got diagnosed with scoliosis um i got um the surgery when i was about eight or nine years old i had to have it done twice because the first time they didn't fuse um my my spine down to my pelvis and then they later decided that it would be best if they did so they went back in and um performed it again so that was quite um a traumatic time really i was very young and um obviously was that not noticed sorry was that not noticed from when you were born the scoliosis i'm only um, asking no i don't think it was i think I, I think it became more apparent as i aged and as i got older um i definitely slouched my posture was really bad and i think that's maybe what um obviously i don't have the memory i just <laughs> it's my parents telling me but um yeah i think my posture was really bad and i i always remember um being shouted at in school for not sitting up straight but obviously 
I couldn't well, physically sit up straight. Um, but yeah, I think I think how, that's how I was diagnosed is my posture and everything was not great. And um, I was regularly, when I was younger, not as much when you're an adult, I was getting regular checks when I was younger, you know, making sure that everything was fine. And I think it was just caught early, which is really fortunate because um, if scoliosis is left untreated for a long time, it can it can lead to you just not walking at all and horrible things. And it's just, it was definitely a, a positive thing that I got, it caught really early. And, you know, you, you deal with things better when you're a child than when you're an adult in a lot of ways, because you're naive and, you know, you you're innocent and you don't think about things as deeply as what you do when you're an adult. And you don't have that anxiety about surgeries and whatever. So I think it was definitely a good thing I had it when I was younger, but it also did bring around a lot of trauma at the same time, you know. Yeah. It was definitely difficult. Um so yeah, I had I have the scoliosis. Um I don't really have too many issues with my back now. It did make me shorter than I probably would have been because I got fused when I was so young. Um my spine obviously never grew um okay. past the age of eight. So I'm actually only four foot five, so I'm very, I'm very short, but that's kind of partly to do with the um, OI as well, because that can cause short stature. So, oh. Wow, I did not know Yeah, yeah, it, this, so it presents itself in crazy ways, to be honest. Um, um, it also affected my eyes, which um, I'll talk about now a little bit. So I had an accident when I was around 11 years old. I got accidentally poked in my eye. And because of the OI, it doesn't just affect, obviously, your bones and things. It affects everything else. It affects, like, your bone, um, your, your tissue makeup and, um, like, your muscles and everything. So, obviously, like, mm -hmm. the soft tissue in your eye is um, a lot more fragile if you have OI. So, when I got accidentally poked in the eye, it, um, it was just catastrophic for for my you know with my condition it's bad for anyone getting poked in the eye you know anyone it would be really bad but because of my condition it just made it even worse um so unfortunately I had to have um a corneal graft when I was 11 it was an emergency operation and they had to take out the lens in my eye as well which obviously meant I couldn't see anymore because I didn't have a lens um so I had to navigate a new world when I was a very I was just starting secondary school you know had to navigate now being visually impaired which was really hard when you couple that with the brittle bone disease because obviously mm -hmm. um you want to avoid falling and you want to avoid accidents yeah. but if you're visually impaired that's harder to do because you can't see obstacles and you can't see things that um you know might trip you up or whatever so it was definitely a bad combination um but that was just the reality I was kind of dealt with. Um, in recent years, the eye has definitely gotten worse. Um, I had to have a replacement graft done in the Moorfields in London. It's quite a famous eye hospital. Um, I had to go down there and um, have the graft redone. And I was under the impression that that went absolutely fine. Um, I woke up and he said, I put a lens back in your eye. So I was thinking in my head, great, I'm going to be able to see. It was amazing. I, I couldn't believe it. I just, I was so grateful. I could have like kissed the doctor. And then sadly, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Um, I had all sorts of things happen as a result. So I had swelling on the back of the retina, which I think is called macular edema. So that meant obviously you need every part of your eye to see. So the front of my eye was now fine, but the back of my eye was now a problem as a result of the surgery, because obviously I'm complicated and complications do arise if you have additional conditions, as I'm sure you know. 
Um, so that happened and then I started getting calcification on um, my cornea. So now the back of my eye wasn't working and neither was the front and it completely had changed the color of my, um, my eye. So it was no longer brown, it was white. And it was incredibly painful as well. Um, I had arthritis and different things. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely difficult to deal did with. You, um, did you um, think when you went and had that lens done again that that you were going to get your vision back completely? Totally, yeah. And that that's that's one thing I always say. It's manage your expectations sometimes mm -hmm. because you can get your hopes up with things. I'm, I'm a very positive person by nature and I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but sometimes that can get you hurt. If you're so positive to the point where you believe that um, this surgery, this is going to make me better or now that I have a lens, I'm going to be able to see. Obviously your mind goes to that place because you want to be positive. You want to, yeah, you, you want to be strong. You want to be optimistic for the future. Um, but at the same time, you have to manage your expectations because I got really hurt when they um, turned around and said, there's nothing more we can do. And now, you know, my eye is just going to be left as it is. And I'm probably in a worse position now for having had the surgery because I'm in pain daily with it. Um, so that, I think that was in, in many ways, that's been a such a hard thing to deal with. You know, the OI obviously is terrible and, and breaking bones and everything. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but the eye problems have just really made everything so much worse because you can't distract yourself when you have eye pain. You can't watch TV. You can't read a book because your eye hurts. So you can't, mm -hmm. you just have to kind of lie there and listen to an audiobook or music or whatever. And it's just, that's when things get really heavy and hard going because you haven't just got the physical you know bone pain or whatever you have the eye problems on top so it has been difficult it's definitely not been an easy ride but um yeah I would that's one piece of advice that I would give any person living with kind of persistent conditions it's manage your expectations be positive but mm -hmm. don't allow yourself to buy into this there's a cure or there's there's this or there's that because I think that's toxic positivity I think that's not that's not beneficial unless it's true you know um and I think for anyone we don't want to hear like we all get told oh don't worry one day there'll be a cure or one day you'll be fine and I'll pray for you or whatever and I know mm -hmm. people mean well right people mean so well but we don't need people's prayers and we don't need sympathy really we we are doing the best we can with what we have, you know? Of course, yeah. Because it is there, like, I mean, that's an awful lot for you to go through before you hit your, before you hit your teens anyway, you know? Um, yeah. I could, like, I, I couldn't imagine it. Um, and as you said, people saying prayers or that, or people saying to you, I'll get well soon. If, you, if we could only just get well soon, it would yeah. be, it would be a marvelous thing. I'm sure but we all what, would. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't it just this magic little cure um no people always used to say to me if only I had a magic wand and I'd think yeah we'd all love that but it doesn't exist <laughs> you know and it's so it's not it's not necessarily a helpful thing to say to someone because wouldn't that be great if there was magic in the world and there was no disability and everyone was great but then at the same time saying that it would be great but 
we wouldn't have these connections with people and we wouldn't be who we actually are now. We wouldn't yeah. be sitting here together if we didn't have our conditions. So this, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's, yeah. it? Wouldn't it be amazing if there was a world with no disability and no whatever, but then at the same time, um, we're not any less worthy because we have disabilities and illnesses. So why would we want to get rid of that part? We want to get rid of the pain, obviously, but we, we don't want to get rid of what makes us us and what makes us so resilient and strong. And I love I love the name of your podcast. I think it's amazing. And we are all warriors and we are. Um, we are. And I think it's it's difficult to remind yourself that at times if you're feeling really defeated by your condition or whatever or I think chronic pain and things is, is a horrible mm. thing to deal with. And um, I think in them moments, if you remind yourself you are strong and resilient and a warrior, I think that's so important for people. But yeah, I think you have to because um, it's the only thing for mentally to get you through. I mean, we are all human. We're all going to have breakdowns. And chronic illness is tough because it is what it says on the tin. It's a chronic illness. It's not going yeah. away overnight. It's not disappearing. We have good days. And when we say good days, that's that's pain management, that's symptom right. management on a good day. That doesn't mean we have a day where we don't have any symptoms we wish. Of course, yeah. And yeah. we have to, we have to worry or through it because if we've all been to low, low places, it does take a lot in your mental health. And that's what I was going to ask you about. For being such at a such a young age and going through all that, how did you navigate through that mentally? Um, I, I do have mental health conditions on top of it, which I feel like a lot of the times it comes hand in hand you know if, if you're going through a rough time of course you're gonna take a hit mentally so I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was quite young I was about 14 but I'd kind of always known that I'd I'd been a very anxious person um especially when I was younger I was very angry at times you know I was very frustrated because I felt like I couldn't vocalize what was happening in my body I felt like I couldn't tell people because people can't feel your pain sometimes you wish you could just touch someone and for a second they'd feel what you were feeling you know I don't know if that's just me. maybe that's a horrible thing to say but sometimes you just wish you could show someone like the extent of it because they just think you're being dramatic and I think when you're young um and at school people are very mean and if you're visibly upset and you're visibly down people are going to make fun of that people aren't going to support you and be like oh you know I've been there I've been anxious I've been sad I've been down people just rip you and take take the mick out of you you know basically and that can be really that can be really difficult because it's very isolating and I think a lot of people with disabilities and chronic illnesses don't necessarily grow up around people with disabilities and chronic illnesses. Often they're singled out, they're the only one. And that is definitely how I grew up. I was the only one in my family, um, the only one in my friendship group. They all went off and did hiking and gymnastics and all these amazing things that I couldn't participate in. And it was a very isolating and lonely childhood to grow up in. Um, but as well, I, I definitely have PTSD, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have been diagnosed with it, but I don't like talking about it too much because people use that term and think, oh, well, it's like soldiers or it's, it's if you've had really, really traumatic events and they think like lots of little things don't add up to PTSD, but that's not true. Like I have so many little traumas that add up to a big trauma, if that makes sense. And that at times is debilitating to deal with because for example I live in the north of England we get 
<laughs> ice, snow, hail in the winter. Um, and that is when I am at my most anxious and my PTSD really flares up because I worry about slippery surfaces. I worry about falling and ending up in A&E, you know, and it's the simplest things like a friend will invite me out to their house and then my parents will be like, oh, you don't really need the wheelchair just to walk to the car and then to her house. But it's like, I do because I don't want to fall. I don't want to slip. I don't want to end up in A&E that night. It's just not worth it. And I think that's what is such a, chore it's so hard to just get yourself out of the door every day to to wake up to get showered to do all the simplest of things because all these things live in your head and you don't know how to deal with them sometimes sometimes you don't want to deal with them you want to pretend none of it's ever happened but obviously that doesn't help you in any way um you have to kind of face up to your fears and you have to kind of accept that that's a part of you you know you're always going to have those traumas following you um it's just how you deal with them that matters really yeah and I know it is easier said than done because people don't understand either I was trying to explain this to somebody before about anybody that has any type of chronic illness or dysautonomia it's an ordeal before you leave the house because there's so much you have to be aware so your awareness is there but um like with me it's panic attacks so I, my anxiety is already building up before I leave the house yeah you know because I know my own as we all do our own limitations where yeah. you can't go and so I'm already getting panicky before I leave the house um and people don't see that side of it as well because people are saying well I can't see first of all that you don't physically you don't physically look ill so I don't understand what could be wrong with you but yeah. then they don't see the other side of that condition as well. It's not just the pain and the symptoms, like I'm not downgrading that. It's the anxiety and the panic that comes with it because it's there constantly because your body is fighting itself mm. and you are trying to keep your body safe at the same time. And it's just yeah. a constant battle between like mental and physically. I find anyway with myself just right. over and over and over again. And it's draining before you even leave that. It really is. And I have panic attacks quite often as well and I think other people say oh my god I'm having a panic attack or oh my god I have anxiety today when they don't actually know what it's actually like and I think people do throw around these words like anxiety uh, panic attacks things like that so easily without actually realizing what they entail like for me a panic attack is I'm sweating I can't breathe my heart is like through the roof you know it doesn't even feel like it's part of my body anymore my heart and it's just it's horrible and I I, like you want to curl up on a ball and just stay there for the rest of the day and it's so exhausting as well like if, if you have a panic attack in a day I'm sure that night you will be absolutely exhausted like it's like having an emotional hangover you know you've used all these emotions all at once you know anxiety panic fear you know yeah whatever and it's that night I just feel like a a shell of a person and that that is one of the most difficult things to deal with I think as part of chronic illness is you know it's just horrible and I I think a lot of people don't understand like the severity of um mental health and the impact that because that's that's another thing that's invisible is mental health people don't see that they just see you acting out or being a being a problem in their eyes and um they don't actually see what's going on inside and that's a real it's it's a terrible thing 
I totally agree. That's why even with doing this podcast, um, and I put it, I put in the bio when this is released, you'll see it, it's in the bio, that invisible illness, I've said it and I said it all the time, whether it be mentally or physically, it is it's an invisible illness. You can't see it, but so people don't understand. Yeah, it's the same if I went to get in a bus and sit down, and I always tell this story because it's the best way for me to explain it. If I went on a bus to sit down on a disability seat where I'm fully entitled to sit because I have a disability and I have a disability pass, people would look at me as if they say, why are you sitting there? Give it to oh, somebody yeah. that's elderly. But if I got onto that same bus with a cast on my ankle, everybody would be getting up to let me sit down. You know, yeah. and it's, it's the same way with, because with a chronic illness, um, and I think mental health comes hand in hand. Because it all it, it does all start with mentally because it, it affects you mentally and if you're down your symptoms are going to be worse Less, because yeah. you're agitated and frustrated and panicky um, and that's why we want that's why we're all here together why we have this community is to make this awareness for these different types of invisible illness so like if we're if we're not in a cast or we're not laid down flat you know on the ground like you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, when you close doors, there is something yeah. there's a bit more aware to. No, completely agree. And as well, I'm an ambulant wheelchair user, so I don't use it full time. And I get the most disgusting looks if I get out of my wheelchair. And people, are, I've not, I mean, I have had some comments. You know, I feel like everyone's had some people saying that you're milking it or whatever. But it's it's the looks and it's it's the whispering and you you're aware of that you're not blind you're not whatever you can you can hear see things that are being said about you around you and you try and block that out but that does get to you in the long term that does make you feel bad and that's another reason why I think I've always tried to hide things because if I if I show people the real me I you know someone that can walk but also uses a wheelchair for distances. I'm scared of the, the reaction and the way they will treat me as a result. And but that I shouldn't have to hurt myself and push myself to my limits just to appease other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a difficult balance to get if you are like an ambulant wheelchair user or you're someone that needs to use the disabled space on a bus. It's so difficult to try and vocalize to other people why you're there. And you shouldn't have to have to share your life story with everyone that you ever meet I, I really don't believe in that like if someone asks me why are you in a wheelchair I'll just say mind your business because I don't want to have to explain it I have to explain myself to doctors and nurses every other week <laughs> I don't want to have to explain it to some old man on the bus or some guy that's just curious as to why I'm in a wheelchair mm-hmm. um and I just think that's it's it's it can get very toxic and it can get very um it's quite dehumanizing in a sense like you're just an object of people you're just a wheelchair you're just a cane or you're just whatever you you know whatever mobility aid you use and it's just not right it's just yeah people's opinions should be kept themselves um you know because even like for me I would if if I do end up with the wheelchair I would take it hands down um because that gives me a better quality of life I can leave my house without having to worry about being on my feet too long and fainting I can do my walk for a bit, but I can stay out. People wouldn't, people don't understand that the reason for having these medical aids are to help you with your symptoms, to give the person with these disabilities a better quality of the life that they have. And people, I think, really need to wake up and they really have to understand and stop this, you're just milking it. Or like, 
you're it's it's all in your head you're making these things up who wakes up in the morning and of all the things you, you want to make up I got to make up that I was 19 year old multi-billionaire that's the thing as well I don't understand why anyone would fake being ill you know I don't understand why anyone would think someone would willingly get put themselves in a wheelchair and want to go into town because their bank is probably not accessible their dentist is probably not accessible um it's just why would someone willingly choose that and like it's it's so if you're on a night out and in a wheelchair you're talking to people's crotches or you're talking and you're talking and people are asking you to get out so they can have a go it's just a toy to people it, it, it isn't a serious thing it's for me it's my legs for them it's just a toy and it's just a cool thing and no what you know I bet you love being in a wheelchair it means you can you know drink and you don't have to worry about falling down it's like well no it's it's a real like big machine that I have to look after and it's so expensive as well wheelchairs it's not as if it is just something for me to pop wheelies in and you know what I mean it's just people baffle me and it's no one would choose to put themselves in that position if if they didn't have to be <laughs> you know it is for it's all for quality of life and that that's what needs to be done and that's what needs to be shaken up and we're hoping that with yeah. the, all these the podcasts that we can do is to make the awareness like people yeah just really wake up you know if i can use whatever i need to use that will give me a better quality of life because yeah. it's not we go to the doctors constantly like too often too often and then when we, you still get over, you still are just getting over. Look, you have, you you know what you have. You have your diagnosis. Go home and get on with your life. You know, nobody yeah. would wish any of that on. Um, and into saying that, Mrs. We've I've noticed and congratulations on your new business, your first magazine yeah. has been released soon. Do you want to tell everybody what Holly has been doing? Yeah. So um, I finished a creative writing degree um just this year and I really afterwards I was thinking what can I do with it and how can I help and kind of give back to this community um and like I've said for so long I've denied who I am and I've not accepted myself and I really want to come into my own and, and find acceptance within myself and hopefully encourage that within other people who um are maybe a young person that is navigating this kind of new world of um being different and it's not a bad thing and that's what I really want to celebrate is that we're all different and you know even if I had the same condition as you we wouldn't have the same experience and that's how I genuinely feel about all disability and that's why I think everyone's voice deserves to be heard because you might have a completely random symptom that someone else with the same condition wouldn't have a clue about mm -hmm. and I think it's so important because I read something recently actually and it was like um always pr like produce art because your words might be the shape of someone else's scar and I really like that because you okay. you might write something and think it means nothing and it's not important but when you publish that and when that's out in the world you don't know who that's going to touch you don't know who that's going to um relate to and I think that's such a beautiful thing and um yeah so our first issue is hopefully going to come out in July um I was hoping it was going to come out this month but um I'm trying to make the website as accessible as possible because obviously it would be pointless me putting out a website that wasn't accessible for everyone with all different types of disabilities because that's exactly what I'm trying to do here is create something that's so accessible um inexpensive just a real good positive platform for people to share their experiences positive negative it doesn't matter because 
people will still get positives out of negatives that's what I genuinely believe because someone's someone's going to know that they're not alone in how they're feeling um so yeah the the publication is going to be called wishbone words um I called it wishbone words because wishbone is the symbol of osteogenesis imperfecta it's also a good luck symbol in a lot of uh cultures so I thought it would be quite um a fitting um symbol and message for everyone um and yeah I just hope it's going to be a really positive environment for people with you know disabilities chronic illnesses mental you know chronic illnesses as well because that is so important um I think you know we we need to just amplify our voices more and we shouldn't have to fight for a fair and accessible and understanding world in 2021 but unfortunately that is where we are that is still the world we live in where you know we have driverless cars and things like that but we don't have um accessibility and understanding from medical professionals and normal people um we're still very much i don't know a minority and and just not looked at so i really want to create a, a resource that's fun as well as informative you know it's getting people creative it's getting people doing something that maybe they wouldn't usually do or if they are a poet or an artist you know they illustrate great um you're welcome still you don't have to have any set skill um i just think it's doing something fun um and raising awareness and being your own advocate for your disability and your chronic illness because no one else can do it for you it has to come from you that's what i really believe um because other people can twist your words and you know i've i've spoken to publications when i was younger um newspapers and things like that and they they change what you what you want to say and um, that's why I really believe coming directly from the people living with it is so important. Yeah, that it is. It's very important. And what you're doing is absolutely amazing because it is for people. There's finally something there for people that have all different types of disability yeah. that they can look to if they need more information, if they want to find more people that might have conditions the same. It's all there and it's accessible to them, especially if there's people inside in hospital that are laying inside in bed with any of these conditions and they know they can go on they can find your magazine they can look through them they have, find links to other different people that they can discuss yeah. on because it has the more like it has to be made aware the more awareness that we do make with and i think what you're doing i think is absolutely absolutely incredible because there is magazines there for absolutely everything else and like in 2021 we shouldn't have to be fighting for equality for people with disabilities but look no. this is where this is where we're at yeah so do you want to tell people um where exactly they can find you yes of course so um we're wishbone words on facebook twitter and instagram and our website when it's available i'm hoping it's going to be the beginning of july is going to be um www.wishbonewords.com um, everything's going to be available online. I figured this was a really accessible way, as you just said as well, the people in hospital, um, they don't want to wait for something to get delivered to them. They want it there and then. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, I think it'll touch a lot more people around the world because obviously sometimes, you know, I live in the UK, it might get restricted to UK shipping only. And I don't think that's fair. I think everyone mm -hmm. far and wide should have access to something. And as well, um, I'm hoping that it's going to be accessible for people like me with visual impairments or whatever condition you might have, you know, if you've got um, ADHD or um, dyslexia or whatever, I'm hoping it's going to be very, the website's going to be very friendly for all. Um, so yeah, that's why it's taken a little bit longer, but that is where you can find me. And I, 
would really appreciate that anyone that listens to Carolyn's podcast, um, if you would like to reach out and write anything, we accept poetry, nonfiction, personal essays, short fiction, did I say that? <laughs> and poetry, as well as book and film and TV reviews as well. And we accept artwork, illustrations and things. So yeah, and yeah. photography. It's incredible. <laughs> and also the benefit of it as well, because it's all online and it's not, you don't have to flick or through the page. It's for people that were have problems with muscles, their arms. That would oh, yeah. be, I mean, it's incredible. You are, my dear, a true warrior. Oh, thank you. So well, are you. And I'm, I'm really glad. This is this is a one of the reasons why this community is so important. It's making friends and and just talking to different people. And I've learned so much just from doing this for a month. Um, I've learned so much about so many different conditions and so many different people around the world and. I think that's a beautiful thing and um yeah just thank you so much for asking me to do this it's I would never have done this in my normal <laughs> everyday life because I'm quite socially awkward but um no I'm really glad you invited me thank you oh, I'm honored to have you yeah it's just I think this I found my purpose your magazine is your purpose so yeah. it's to show other people out there that we know we get it that you're ill you know we see you we hear you we're really listening to you but you can there is make it work for you, you know, work alongside yeah. it, take your power Definitely. back. And I think it's amazing to see all these small disabled owned businesses cropping up because everyone has their purpose, as you said. And I think if you turn something painful into something creative or whatever, it's it's a really beautiful thing and it should happen a lot more. So I hope that encourages other people, you know, listening maybe to start their own podcast or to start their own YouTube channel or whatever. I think it's really important to to find whatever interests you and just go with it because the more people we have talking about this, the more likely it is that things are going to change and get better. Yeah, exactly. Advocate for yourself. And when you do that, you're advocating for everybody else. Thank you, my dear. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you and very much. Very, 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 very best of luck the magazine. I'm all excited to um to see it when it comes out so I will be following you as per usual <laughs> thank <laughs> making, you. Sure, making sure I see the date of when it comes out so thanks again to the lovely Holly um thanks again to everybody for listening to this week's episode of Warriors Unite podcast and we'll see you all again soon What an amazing episode from a very powerful young lady, Holly. Thanks a million for doing this podcast. If you want to go and check Holly out, you can find her on all social media platforms at Wishbone Words. I'd also like to give a big shout out to the guys that done our amazing logo on the podcast. They are the guys at Angry Chimp Podcast Graphic Design Creations. You can also find those guys over on Instagram. I do apologize for the quality in some of these episodes. Um, on a microphone I'm only starting out doing a podcast so I'm learning as I'm going along thank you for listening I do hope you will join us all for our next episodes as us warriors unite